This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz.
Good morning and welcome to your Catholic Corner for the 17th of July or the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time on the Church's calendar. You're listening to FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. And we thank St. Matthew's Hillcrest for generously sponsoring your Catholic Corner. My introductory music was Ave Maria or Hail Mary sung by the great Michael Crawford. It's a fairly quiet time on the church's calendar this this week. We had St. Camillus de Lillis last Thursday. That sounds a good name, doesn't it? St. Bonaventure on Friday and Our Lady of Mount Carmel yesterday. And nothing at the beginning of the week. Camillus de Lillis, that's a great name, isn't it? But he has some association with what we do um, uh, here in New Zealand around the world. He was born in Italy in 1550, and after a very rough start when his parents died by the time he was 12, but his army career was far from saintly. But he eventually came under the spell of the Capuchin monks and St. Philip Neri, uh, who uh, at, at that time, before he became a saint. Camillus himself had an incurable leg wound, and he progressively cared more and more for the sick and wounded. He was ordained a priest at age 34 and went on to found the Order of Chameleons. Their symbol was a red cross worn on their habits. This symbol remains to this day and is usually recognised as the symbol of charity and bad service. (coughs) This was years before the wonderful Red Cross organisation adopted it. He died in 1614 after an adult life dedicated to the sick and furthering his chameleon order. (coughs) He is patron saint of physicians, nurses, hospitals and the sick. Now St Bonaventure is one we don't hear much about in New Zealand. Uh, So he's not really a household name for us. But nevertheless, he played an important part in the early church and the history of the Franciscan order. As a senior member of the University of Paris, St. Bonaventure certainly captured the hearts of his students through his academic skills and insights. But more importantly, he captured the heart, their hearts through his Franciscan love for Jesus and the church. Like his model, St. Francis, Jesus was the centre of everything. His teaching his administration, his writing, and his life. He was born on the Papal States in 1221, and he was baptised John, but he got the name Bonaventure when he became a Franciscan at the age of 22. Little is known about his childhood, and it seems his father was a physician and a man of means. St. Francis died after five years uh, after this saint's birth, but is credited with healing Bonaventure of a serious illness. This illness was reported to be a bowel problem, and so he is patron saint of bowel cancer sufferers. Bonaventure's teaching career came to a halt when the friars elected him to serve as their general minister. His 17 years of service were not easy as the order was embroiled in conflicts over the interpretation of poverty. But because he was a man of prayer and good administrator, 
Bonaventure managed to structure the order through effective legislation. But more importantly, he offered the friars an organised spirituality based on the vision and insights of St. Francis. Always a Franciscan at heart and a mystical, mystical writer, Bonaventure managed to unite the pastoral practical aspects of life with the doctrines of the church. Thus there is a warmth in his teaching and writings that made him very appealing. And his writings made him, he was elected as a doctor of the church. Shortly before he ended his service as general minister, Pope Gregory created him a cardinal and appointed him bishop of Albano. But a little over a year later, while participating in the Second Council of Lyon, St. Bonaventure died suddenly on July the 15th, 1274. There was a theory that he was poisoned. Bonaventure left behind a structured and renewed Franciscan order and a body of work, all of which glorifies his major love, Jesus. While I'm not aware of any uh, institutions in New Zealand named after him, there are schools and churches all over the world, especially in North America. But now listen to, let's listen to Chris Skinner sing, You Are the Sun. Upon the Sea of Galilee And survey with human eyes The wonder of God You are the sun You saw the sunset And from the shore We repeat Lest we forget This wonder is yours This wonder is yours Son of God And Son of Man Come to us in flesh From when the day unfolds Until the day is done Show us your face Beloved one Look to the east And see the sunrise and to the western skies ablaze And with hope for all the world Our voices we raise Son of God and 
Skinner, you are the sun. Now, the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, celebrated uh, yesterday, was first instituted in the late 14th century with the approval of the rule of the Carmelite order. According to legend, a religious community was established even before the time of Christ on Mount Carmel, a mountain overlooking the Mediterranean Sea on which the prophet Elijah successfully challenged the priests of Baal and won the people to the true God. The feast was entered into the Christian calendar in the early 18th century. While there's no historical evidence of pre-Christian Carmelite community, 12th century records show a community of monks lived on this holy mountain. The community built a monastery and a church dedicated to the Virgin Mary in 1263. Mount Carmel was taken over by the Muslims in 1291 and the brothers were killed and the convent burned. But however, the spread of the Carmelites in Europe was largely attributed to the work of St. Simon's Stock and the Carmelite order was finally approved in 1274 at the Council of Lyon. One part of the devotion to Our Lady of Mount Carmel is called the brown, brown scapula. And according to Carmelite tradition, this was presented by Our Lady to St. Simon Stock, who was then the Father General. Our Lady gave St. Simon a scapula for the Carmelites with the following promise. Receive, my beloved son, this habit of thy order, and this will be to thee and to all Carmelites a privilege that whoever dies clothed in this shall never suffer eternal fire. A true promise indeed. Many popes and saints have strongly recommended wearing the brown scapula in Catholic, to the Catholic faithful. Pope Pius XII said, The scapula is a practice of piety which by its very simplicity is suited to everyone. And this spread widely through the faithful. According to church tradition, there are three conditions necessary to participate in this privilege and a share in the other benefits of the scapula. Wear the brown scapula, and for lots of ordinary folk, this is just two little brown pictures worn over the uh, front and back. Observe chastity according to your state in life and pray the rosary. The scapula stands for a commitment to follow Jesus, like Mary. Be open to God and to his will. Be guided by faith, hope and love. To pray at all times and discover God present in all that happens around us. And for the record, Mount Carmel is on the coast of Israel above the city of Haifa. Under this title, Our Lady is patron saint of Chile and Bolivia and we are one school at least in New Zealand with this title. That's Meadowbank in Auckland. And now let's listen to um, Michael Mangan singing 
Mary Morning Star. singing that. Now the gospel read at today's Mass is one that is often uh, referred to by people, very well known reading and one that is uh, suitably misquoted by those that want to do so. This is a gospel according to Luke. Jesus came to a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
She had a sister called Mary, who sat down at the Lord's feet and listened to him speaking. Now Martha was distressed with all the serving, said, Lord, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do the serving all by myself? Please tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, he said, you worry and fret about so many things, and yet few are needed, indeed only one. It is Mary who has chosen the better part. It is not to be taken from her. That's the Gospel of the Lord. And of course, uh, we often get this quoted, the hard workers are disappointed that Jesus did not praise them for being industrious. And of course the idlers or the lazy say that Jesus justified them in doing little or nothing. But certainly it indicates that life must have balance. Time for career and family and interest, but time for Jesus and his Father also. This week's Parish of the Holy Cross newsletter tries to explain it. Uh, as it says, it's at least a balance between action and contemplation. But there is another aspect of this story that perhaps gets overlooked in the simplicity of it. Mary and Martha and their brother had a brother, Lazarus, but Mary and Martha always mentioned first uh, and their brother in relationship to them, not the other way around. Martha and Mary are identified as from Bethany, not identified by a husband or a father. The two women seem to be the house owners in the <clears throat> in this story. All these things are noteworthy because they lived in a strictly men's society, yet they are distinguished by their individual identities not their relationship to men. And of course, the men ruling the roost still continues in so many countries today, but in New Zealand, it remained virtually intact at least till the end of the 19th century. In those days, it was common for rabbis to gather disciples around them for training, and um, the, the disciples would be at their feet listening to their lessons. And, of course, this was strictly men who did this sort of thing. But Jesus paints a picture of Mary in the role of a fully included disciple, and Jesus had no problem with that. Martha does, however. She wants Mary to come back to the traditional role of woman in that time, serving men. Jesus, on the other hand, doesn't ask her to do that. He accepts her fully in the role of student and follower, just like one of the twelve male apostles. So that's the story of Martha and Martha and Mary. You can follow which one you believe is necessary. And of course, um, Martha paints the picture of the number of organisations you have where the women get in the kitchen and there's no way they're going to let men in their kitchen while they do the work and then complain about the workload that they have. But now we listen to Samantha June singing a hymn to the Virgin. Oh, my 
Last time I was on, we complained about, uh, we said this was a beautiful country called God's own, but we were remaining the fact that the media particularly emphasises all the problems we're having, problems with government, local bodies, health, uh, money, everything was wrong, but in actual fact, things are much better than that. It struck me the other day, we were worried about the shootings both here and overseas, and it struck me that um, if we followed the simple thing called the Ten Commandments, do you remember those? Um, and basically the Ten Commandments or versions of them are commemorated by every Christian religion or non-Christian religion. I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, do you still go to church? And he said, I gave that all up when I was a child. We gave up comics and lollies and cowboys and Indians when we were a child, but um, no one said we'd give up um, living a good life, being healthy or going to church. And we've had a lot of emphasis lately on how the telescopes can see into the distant galaxies. And remember, Earth is just one part of a giant Milky Way galaxy galaxy and there are millions of these galaxies. I hope the telescope can cope seeing them all. But um, you may believe in the Big Bang Theory. Um, while God is a mystery to us, um, something started all this and made all these gags, and you can guarantee whatever happens uh, when we meet the uh, divine, uh, we certainly are not alone here in the world. But time is nearly up here on um, uh, FM 89.0 and it's time for me to go back out into the fog. If you're still in bed, there's not a lot to get up for this morning. So thanks again to St. Matthews for sponsoring us. Do tune in next Sunday at 8.30 to FM 89.0, your Catholic corner. And I don't think there's time, but we might just have a little bit of... Marilla singing, God of comfort, draw me. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.